There's a 911 call I want you to hear. 911, what are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. Did you see what it was? Was it a person or an animal or? I can't tell. All I know is that my sensor light came on and I just happened to glance and see this thing running across the yard. A uh, good sized man or something looks like a man. I don't know what it was, just that it ran across the yard. Okay. You've had problems in the neighborhood before? Yeah, my dog was killed here just recently. I don't know what it was. Whatever it is, it's running. I couldn't catch it if I was going to chase it. But whatever it was, it was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. Jesus Christ, you better... Sir? Gio! Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. Okay, hang on. He's right... Is he in your yard, sir? Yeah, God, he's big. Okay, what's he doing in your yard? He's looking at me. Oh, and the guy is on foot. This... I don't know what... It, it's, it's a big... Real big person. That's all I can say. Okay, but it is a it is a person. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it was a person, somebody really big. But he's all in black. He's is he a black male or a white male? Did you actually see whether, or was he just wearing black? He's all black and he's big. He is big. So I had a similar experience back in the spring of 1999. I was a grad student at a university in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. I was renting a basement apartment at someone's house. And every time I came home from classes or an event, I had to walk around the side of the house by some woods to get in the door. Well, one night, it was pretty late, probably one or two in the morning, I heard footsteps in the leaves beside me. Now, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so I know the sound a deer makes in the woods. And this was no deer. It was much heavier, like a man walking toward me. But what made this especially frightening wasn't the sound of footsteps. There was a putrid smell in the air, like nothing I've ever experienced. And there was this feeling that came over me. It was more than fear. It was a sense of terror that seemed, how do I say this, otherworldly. I ran into my room, locked the door, and cowered in a corner until I could breathe again. Now, I'm sure you're trying to think of some logical explanation for all of this. But to this day, you cannot tell me that it was just some ordinary woodland creature. I was terrified at the time, but I have to confess, there's a small part of me that loves close calls with danger. I guess you could say I love the exhilaration that comes with fear. In fact, I've learned that fear is an important part of my spiritual life. Like some people need Hillsong music or Ann Voskamp's blog, I need fear. If I'm not looking over the precipice of failure, danger, or financial ruin, I don't feel like I'm really living. Now, there are some experiences I can do without. Like, there's a window on the side of our house that's been tampered with. It looks like the screen has been wrenched open by a crowbar or something, like someone was trying to get in. And I have five small children, so I'm not messing around. I scour the local police blotter to find out how close crime has gotten to our house, and I know exactly where every registered sex offender lives in our neighborhood. But for the most part, I try to turn fear into an invitation rather than a deterrent. You see, the best things in life lie on the other side of fear. On the evening of August 6, 1974, a French tightrope walker named Philip Petit snuck into the newly built World Trade Center in Manhattan to suspend a cable across the two towers. Shortly after 7 a.m., after working all night, he stepped out onto the wire 1,000 
350 feet above the pavement. He walked across the cable eight times, delighting a crowd of a thousand onlookers for about 45 minutes. After he completed the walk and was subsequently arrested, someone asked him if he had a death wish. Philip said that after such a beautiful walk, he wanted to punch them in the nose. It was an indecent question, he said. He said no, he had a life wish. He went on to say that to me, it's really so simple. Life should be lived on the edge. You have to exercise rebellion, refuse to tape yourself to the rules, refuse your own success, refuse to repeat yourself, and to see every day, every year, every idea as a true challenge. Then, he said, you will live your life on the tightrope. Now, I don't know what was stalking me in those woods. <laughs> Please don't laugh at me, but I'd like to think that it was a Sasquatch. Did you know they have those Bigfoot research parties where they go out in the woods and listen for howling and rocks banging together in hopes of encountering what I did? Don't tell anybody, but I do plan to go on an expedition one day to look fear in the face. Until then, I'll face the fears that confront me every day and turn them into invitations and not deterrents. Like taking all five of my kids to New York City, writing a novel, walking away from something that worked for a long time, risking money on a new venture that I hope, I think will work, and trying my hand at this new little social media experiment. <laughs> Here's to looking fear in the face and finding what lies on the other side.